What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How can I say this? The most important thing for me when I was making five grand was I wasn't running all day tired. When I was making 10 grand, I was doing things that legally as a trucker you possibly shouldn't be doing, running day and night. Right. And when I found myself doing that as a hustler, it's a good outlook, but as an individual, I knew that that wasn't gonna give me longevity in my life. It was too dangerous. I'm driving tired, trying to make more money, but when I make the money, I gotta spend it to keep the truck moving. Right. So it was just a repetitive cycle for me that I, I just couldn't see myself continuing down that, that lane. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, all right, all right. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And we are in H-Town with my brother, Tony Hurd Jr., the president, CEO, the founder. What are you? What are you? What, what do you call yourself? I'll be the president for the, the day. The president of... <laughs> Tonka Trucking LLC. Yes, sir. Tonka Trucking LLC. What's up, my brother? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Good to see you again. Nice to see you as well. Last time I saw you, you graced the stage of Freight Fest. I appreciate that for our hometown heroes edition. Did a, did a great job, you and Jay Rich. I greatly appreciate that. Nah, no doubt, man. So um, we had to connect. We had to, we had to get the full story. You know, you and myself, we've been talking for a minute. But I wanted to bring you on here just to have the opportunity to tell your story and talk about your trucking journey. You know, former athlete. Uh, you might still be an athlete. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, we, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, got into the trucking game. You're doing your thing. You have a very specialized niche that not a lot of people do. So we'll get into that. Um, but I'm excited to have this conversation, man. I hope you are, too. Yes, sir. All right. Looking cool. forward so, to uh, it. Let, 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 let's get it, man. So let's start from the very beginning, my brother. Where are you from? You from Houston? I was born in Galveston, Texas. Galveston, Texas. That that's smaller than Houston, I'm assuming, smaller right? Smaller than Houston, yes, sir. It's a suburb down south. Okay, okay. How was it coming up in Galveston? Uh, honestly, um, coming up in Galveston, man, it was pretty rough. Um, it, I was raised in a single parent home, just my mother. Um, I went to probably six to seven different elementary schools, just bouncing around. And um, around like sixth grade, we ended up landing in Houston. And mm. that's where things kind of settled for me. Six to seven schools? Yes, sir. Just moving house to house? Uh, long story short, you know, uh, my mom was in a relationship with my father, and um, it was a little bit abusive. And um, she had to do what was best for her and her kids at that time. And that led us to go to different schools, different home addresses, um, just bouncing around a little bit and just trying to find um, a home, honestly. Got it. How many siblings do you have? I have one older sister and I have a younger brother as well. Okay. Okay. Got how, how far y'all removed? Like how many years? Four years. Okay. My older sister, which is with my mother, we're four years apart. Her name is LaCoria. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. So coming up, um, you know, a little bit of a rough, rough childhood. Uh, talk about it. Where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at Thurgood Marshall in Fort Bend County. Okay. Missouri City. 
I graduated from there. I was number four in my class out of over four, over 500 students. Okay. And um, I had the opportunity to go to whichever college I wanted off of academics. And um, I actually had a football scholarship as well. I was ranked in the country playing defensive back. And um, as an All-American, I selected to go to Texas A&M. Okay. So even still, with, you know, all the adversity, you were able to do pretty good in school, man. Where, where'd that come from? You just, uh, you like to study? Like, <laughs> where, where all the smarts come from? Honestly, man, my mom, she wouldn't let me play football if I got below a B on my mm. report card. So that was the initial, um, that was the initial thing that kept me going was just wanting to please my mother, make sure my mother was happy despite all the hardships that we faced. And, um, you know, after I got older, I see that it was all for myself. You know, the good grades and everything was obviously going to allow me to pursue other things in college to um, to basically, you know, make my life better for the future. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you get through high school, did very well in high school. You were able to get a full ride scholarship. Yes, sir. To Texas ride. A&M. Yes, sir. Tell me about that. Texas A&M, that's a pretty pretty big school, right? They oh, that's the biggest one in Texas. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got a scholarship actually to go to every school in the country except USC and Florida. Every other school offered me a football scholarship full ride. And uh, my mom had a herniated disc in her neck and her back. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now let's get back to the show. And um, that was my senior year in high school. So that was the ultimate reason I decided to come and play football in Texas. Stay Texas stay around, stay yes, close sir. to mom. Yes, sir. Okay. And, um, that was the ultimate deciding factor. Um, on, on National Signing Day, I had every offer. And, um, you know, it was like a kid in a candy store. But with everything that was going on with my family, I knew that it was important to stay close to my mom. Okay. So, so how was that? I mean, I'm, I'm sure going into college, that wasn't anything new for you because you were a superstar in high school as well. I wouldn't so, say a superstar, man, but hey, I was definitely He's well being known. modest. He's probably a superstar. <laughs> I was definitely well known. <laughs> I played pretty good in, in high school. Um, what position? I, defensive back. Okay. Yeah, I played defensive back and um, I was All-American in high school and I became uh, All-American in college as well. Okay. So how, how was the college experience for you? College was fun. Um, I actually got to play under coach Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, and that was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Um, he allowed us to be young men, but helped us to develop into grown men. Mm. And um, it meant a lot to me to be able to play under a black head coach at the collegiate level, um, someone that um, he knew what I went through growing up. Um, he knew what my experiences were growing up, and he was able to help me to get through college and finish strong. Got it, got it, got it. So you finished college, go for all four years. Yes, sir. Graduate. Yes, sir. You What degree? I got a bachelor's of science in economics. Okay. Yes, sir. So I got a full degree there. And um, after I graduated, I actually had an opportunity to be a defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I signed a free agent um, deal with them. And I wasn't able to make it all the way through camp. I had got released due to an injury. Got you. Yes, sir. What was the injury? What happened? A rotator cuff from my labrum. I actually heard it in college, actually, and then once I got to training camp, they did the physical then, and that's when I found out it was pretty ruptured, pretty bad. I had to go and have surgery. How tough was that for you? For me, it was life-changing. Um, I had to pretty much start at, at square one and um, rebuild my confidence, 
rebuild who I was, what my goals were. I had to figure that out all again. And it uh, it was a very humbling experience, to say the least. Yeah. So what'd you do first when, on, on that journey to, to rebuild who Tony Hurd is, man? The first thing I did, if I could be honest, is um, I crawled up in a ball and I was embarrassed, mm. you know? And I went into a shell for about three or four months to where I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't communicate with the outside world. Um, I actually went back down where I'm from in Galveston and I stayed with my grandparent and kind of went into a shell for about three or four months. And I had to figure out um, what was special to me. What did I really enjoy? Because my whole life I had football and that was easy. It was fun, easy for me to do. At 19 years old, I had to go back to the drawing board to figure out college. And then at 23, I had to go back to the drawing board and figure out life. Mm. And uh, for me, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because that got me to where I'm at now. Got you, got you. So you go back to the drawing board, you start figuring out life. Is anybody helping you figure out life? Was it just you by yourself being introspective and just looking inward and just trying to figure out what you want to do? Honestly, man, I would go to church. Um, my church that I go to every Sunday, Fountain of Praise, and um, I would cry, man. I'll sit in the back of the pews and cry because I just didn't. I would question God a lot, like, God, why me? And until I actually took a step back and instead of saying, why me? I started to say, God, why not me? Why, why do I think I'm so special? Why not me? I'm the person that's supposed to go through this. Now I got to figure out what's my next step. Yeah. How can I make myself smile again? How can I make myself proud of myself again? And um, at that point, I went back to what I did when I was little. And, you know, my dad, he's a diesel mechanic. And I was always around diesel motors, diesel engines, big trucks, Tonka trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, man, anything with a diesel engine, I used to be around it. So um, I went back to my bread and butter and um, I, I purchased me an 18-wheeler. Okay. Okay. So how did you get the money to purchase a truck? So um, when I initially set out, um, I had a little bit of money, you know, from college. And then when I um, signed as a free agent with Tampa, I got a little bit of funding from that, not much. But from that point, I used my credit and the little bit of funding that I did have. And I purchased my first 18-wheeler. And um, that was one of my best decisions and one of my worst decisions because <laughs> I never worked for a company and I never knew how to take care of an 18-wheeler. Right. So... I kind of jumped out on a limb and I had to trust and believe in myself and my father. Yeah. And it taught me a lot about who I was as a man. So at some point between there, you got your CDL too? Yes. Right. All right, cool. So you get your CDL and you purchase your first truck. Um, no experience, nobody in the trucking business to help mentor or guide you. So what are you doing with that truck to make money? So when I first jumped out there, <clears throat> um, I actually went to a CDL truck driving school in Fort Bend. The way that I found that CDL truck driving school is I was helping someone move at a U-Haul place and the truck driving school was next door to the U-Haul facility. Okay. So I went to the truck driving school and they ended up telling me that they had finance options to where you don't have to pay all up front. You can weekly make payments until you pay it off. And um, at the time, I really didn't know if it was something I would like, but a week straight after that day, a week straight, I went up to that truck driving school and I sat up there and watched. And quickly, I started to see that I can do this. Mm. And um, so, when you said when you say a school like a carrier that was also training, it was a it's a CDL truck driving academy. 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 So all okay. they do is um, 
guys come in, sign mm -hmm. up just like a university or a trade school. Yeah. You sign up and every day you can go in like a full-time job and they'll train you and teach you how to do the maneuvers for the tests, how to prepare for the pre-trip, and um, you know, just to prepare you so you can be a CDL driver. Okay. Got you, but you were saying something about what what ha, that had something to do with buying a truck or no? Oh no 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 no. Okay, so buying a truck that was one hundred percent all me. Mm -hmm. I kind of used my credit. It, it wasn't awesome, but I used what I had at the moment. Yeah, I had a little funding left over from um, football and just you know just working. Okay, and um, I took that those funds, which wasn't much, less than five thousand. Okay, took that took those funds, used my credit, when got me my first truck. The hardest part though, when I got my first truck was I had to lease on, I was trying to lease on to someone and I couldn't find nobody to lease on to cause I didn't have no CDL experience. And obviously I didn't have no trucking experience. Right. So I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't understand my role just yet. I was still kind of green. But um, what one guy that lived in Utah gave me an opportunity to lease on to his company. And um, I where'd started- you Where'd you find him? On Facebook. Okay. So on Facebook, I was looking through ads and just, you know, just trying to find, I was honestly trying to find a bigger company to lease on to, and I was having a hard time because of low CDL experience. Like a Landstar or something Landstar like that? Landstar or something like that. But once you get your CDL, it's even harder to find work. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the problem I was running into. Long story short, I found this guy in Utah. He had a company he'd been running for 15 years. He allowed me to lease on to him. And um, he would basically keep me loaded with a, with a power only loads. And um, that's how I got started. Okay. My first load was a power only load from Houston to Los Angeles, California. Okay. And um, from that point forward, I actually had to learn how to take care of my truck. The maintenance. The maintenance is what take a lot of people out of the game. And that was the first thing that scared me because I had blowout after blowout, motor problem after motor problem. And I didn't understand. All I knew was jump in the truck and drop. Right. So from that point, with my dad being a mechanic, you know, I started to talk to him more and that helped out our relationship. I started speaking to him more in the mornings. Hey, dad, you know, this is going on. I hear this with my truck. These are types of things that I'm hearing when I'm driving. And my dad's an old school mechanic. So he, you can pretty much tell him what you hear and what you see. Right. And he can walk you through what's going on. So that definitely strengthened our relationship. Mm. And, and before I got into trucking, I never knew what my what what I was gonna do long term, but since I've been in trucking, it has definitely helped my relationship with my family in so many ways. Yeah, I've got closer with my with my my father. I communicate with all my family members more because these trucks it just teaches me patience. It slows me down and it keeps me focused. You know what I'm saying at all times. Got it. And you and you bought an older truck, right? For your first older truck. truck. Yes, sir. Got you. Got what year was it? My first truck was a I want to say a 2010. Okay. Peterbilt 388 flat okay. top. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So that kept you in the got you in the game. Yes, sir. And you said your first load was Houston to California, so you over the road. Um, and you're doing power only. Yes, sir. Lows. All right. So how long does that relationship last? Tell me about that. So I, I stayed under that guy's authority running power only for about six months. And that gave me a good foundation of learning how to run ELD logbooks, learning how to, um, you know, communicate with my dispatch, learning how to, you know, where to sleep, where I was comfortable sleeping in my truck. I learned all those types of things. And um, it was a great start, but financially I was barely 
making enough to take care of my responsibilities for my truck yeah. and, and have a life outside of trucking. So about after six to eight months, I quickly made a decision to give me a trailer. What what was what were you making? Like what was he paying you? And how was he paying you? So he was charging me twenty five percent. So I was making seventy five percent of each load, and um, the power only load. So how power only works is for seven days you basically get to rent a trailer. So for those seven days while you're renting a trailer, you can run however many loads you can run while you're renting a trailer. So if I pick the load up, if I pick the trailer up in Houston, and the trailer is supposed to deliver seven days later in Utah. You can go wherever you want in those seven days, but on the seventh day, that trailer has to be delivered in Utah, and then you have to go get you another trailer to do your power only. Got it. So that didn't that didn't really give me consistency because I was always changing trailers, and that's what made me uncomfortable with power only. Mm. And I had to move to my next niche. Okay, okay. And that's what led me into Reefer. Reefer trailers. Yes, sir. Okay, and you said you bought that trailer. I bought that trailer. Where'd you find your first Reefer trailer, and who I, told you about the Reefer game? So, um, just you know, going to truck stops and you know, running around the country, you see different trucks, see different trailers, and you kind of picture yourself driving, you know, this type of truck running with that trailer. And honestly, I thought that it would be something that was easier, and it was a lot easier, but it was a lot more waiting. And um, you get to certain places, you're looking good, you're feeling good, but then you gotta wait all day to get loaded. Right. So um, I was making more money with the refrigerator loads. It was way more consistent. I had purchased my first trailer. Um, everything was going smooth, but I'm a big hustler. That's, that's what I pride myself on is my hustle. And um, I wasn't able to hustle as hard as I wanted to, because some days I would sit at a loading facility for eight or nine hours. Right. And that's the game with uh, refrigerated Reefers. loads. Yeah. Where, where were you getting your work from? Were you on a load board or did you have a contract? Load, yes, sir. I was getting all my loads from the load board at this time. Okay. Okay, got it. How much did your, your reefer cost? The reefer was, I want to say, close to 40 grand. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, like 30, 35 to 40,000. So it was a newer reefer? Newer reefer, yeah. Okay. How, uh, how Did you have any issues with it, like with the with the reefer, with the thermo... Uh, the refrigerator, you know, so, got no reefers are crazy, right? So honestly, it's a whole nother world. <laughs> whole nother world. I never actually had any problems with the refrigerator part. Cause thank God, thank God, because um, you know, you don't want to lose that to insurance and yeah. mess, mess up food and exactly. like that. Exactly. But I did have issues, um, like I say, with just my wait times. But that's the only negative I had about reefer is just when you get to those facilities, that they, they want you to live there with them. Right. And that just wasn't something that I wanted to do. My whole, what keeps me moving is being able to continue, keep the trucks loaded, stay loaded right. over and over and over again, all day long. Right. So um, with, with, with the reefer, you would get a load. It may take you four or five days to get it off you. And um, that just wasn't something that was fast enough, fast paced enough for me. Were you making more money? I was making more money, a little bit more money. Um, but I, I do not think that I do not think that I was making what I could have made because yeah. I never got into the contract side of it. Got you. But as far as on the load board, I was stretching out and doing everything I could. Got you. And you were finding your own own loads? Own loads. Every day up on the load board, 5 a.m., trying to um, find the best load, highest paying load every day. Got it. Got it. All right. So you, you, you run reefers for a while. You have your tractor. You have your trailer. What's next? After the reefers, um, I actually ended up 
running into a guy that offered me what I paid for my reefer. Okay. And uh, <laughs> in trucking, it's very hard to get your money back <laughs> right. with any piece of equipment. Right. So uh, when I found a guy that actually offered me what I paid for it, it was a pretty easy decision for me because at that point, I found out about low boys and flatbeds and step decks, and I found out that I can truck and work out at the same time. <laughs> so it's like, all right, cool. I can stay in shape and truck. Right, right, right. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's what led me into uh, step deck. Okay. And um, I did step deck regional. Okay. And I you was purchased a step deck. I was renting a step deck. You rented a step deck. Yes, okay, sir. So I unloaded did. the reefer and got a step deck. Yes, right. sir. And I went the rent the rental route because I didn't know exactly what I actually liked. After I purchased the trailer, I learned that, you know, there's so many different options. You should probably try to figure out what's best for you. Mm -hmm. So I started the step deck and I'm traveling across the country, running the step deck, looking good, feeling good. Everything's amazing. And um, that's where I finally found what I was most comfortable at with that step deck. And I, I stayed with step deck roughly about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I was running all types of tractors, lumber, um, all types of commodities that you can put on a step deck. But one thing that I couldn't put on a step deck was um, oversized pipes. Mm. So I had to make a decision. Um, do I want to put that on a step deck? Because you can use some beans, but it's really, really dangerous. So at that moment, I had made a decision to go get me a, buy me a flatbed because generally anything you can put on a step deck, you can put on a flatbed except oversized equipment. Right. So um, at the at the moment, I had a lot of different options for the flatbed, and that's what made me purchase flatbeds at that got, point. Got you. Now there's a little bit of a learning curve when you start going into step deck and all that. You got to learn how to strap and sometimes tarp and all that. Who taught you that? Did you just learn it by, by yourself? So YouTube, man, was my best friend. Uh, <laughs> on my first load that I tarped, I got there maybe three, four hours early and I got on YouTube and I watched maybe 20 videos. Still didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Right before you got the load? Right before I got the load. <laughs> Damn, okay. Right before I got the load. But, you a uh, fast learner, man. <laughs> honestly, man, that was probably my worst tarp load. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. But but I learned each time after that, I learned a little bit on how I get better at this tarping situation. And, you know, just being around older cats that could teach me a little game. Yeah. And um, just asking question after question. I was going to say that a lot of times the guys are always willing to help with, with that. Like, you know, they see a young young brother, they like, and they see you doing something wrong, they're going to help you with, you know, strapping it down and all that, yes, making sure you're good to go. All right, cool. So you start uh, rocking, so you purchased a flatbed. Yes, sir. How much you pay for that? That one was roughly like 20 to 30 grand. Okay, 20, 30 grand. And um, now you're doing, what are you looking to haul now? So at this point, when I purchased the, the flatbed at first, I had some consistent shingle work going okay. on. Where'd you find that? Shingles in Dallas. Okay. Um, it was going back from Houston to Dallas. Okay. You and found that on a low board? Found that on a low board. Okay. But you built a relationship, was able to get that kind of consistent? Time. All right. Yes, sir. And I also had some pipe going out of um, Arkansas, Blightville, Arkansas, coming back into Dallas and Houston. So um, knowing that I could consistently have those two lanes on my trailer, it... it um, pushed me to purchase a flatbed okay to where I can start saving some some money and not spending twice as much renting so typically when you rent a trailer I was spending anywhere from six to nine hundred dollars a week to rent it 
And um, to purchase it, I was spending about four to eight hundred a month. Right. To to purchase it, so I took that route because I felt pretty good about the flatbed, what it had to offer, the loads, the money that you can make, and um, the consistency. And um, I I just kind of started from there and built relationships with flatbeds only. Okay. And at this point, you still one truck, right? Yes. Still running by yourself. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So you start building those relationships. What's next? So um, Atlas Two in Blightville, Arkansas, was my first consistent contract. Atlas Two. Atlas Two. Okay. Um, I had a relationship with the president of the company, and um, he quickly let me know that he can keep me loaded every day, seven days a week, and. Um, it scared me because I also had visions for my growth at that time. The biggest thing for me is consistency. And once I got that consistent load output, I was ready to attack my plan. And um, my plan went into effect roughly about two and a half years ago today. And um, I purchased my second truck. I hired my first driver. And we thought we was the bad boys. <laughs> and um, we was out here running and gunning, making as much money as we could, trying to be safe. And it was very much fun. Okay. Where'd you find your first driver? Was it a friend of yours or you found him online? Or how'd you find your first guy? My first driver that I put in my truck, I actually found him through a friend I have. Okay. A friend I have referred this guy to me. And um, this is someone that I still communicate with to the day. And if he ever is looking to work, he'll call me and he'll come get him some some money. Okay. Um, but this guy was uh, young, hungry. He had a big family to feed, and um, we had a lot of goals that aligned alike. Got it. So you said basically uh, now you have this opportunity with Atlas Tube. You said yes, sir. And they're saying they could keep you running. They got tons tons of freight. You good to go. You could keep running. So now you have the confidence to start trying to scale your company. Yes, sir. Right. All right. So how long does that situation last? I stay in Atlas running back and forth from Atlas to Dallas, Atlas to Houston. I did that for maybe two years straight. Okay. And um, it was consistent. It was fun. But slowly but surely, I started to see that um, Staying out there on that road for two weeks at a time, that wasn't something that gave me longevity and allowed me to build a family and be a be an integral part of my family. So I had to make some decisions. The money was good, but I had no personal life. Mm. I had no access to my family because I'm so many miles away. I had no access to just a peace of mind because I'm always trying to fix something with the truck. Or I'm sleeping so I can go to back to work in the truck. And it was never no disconnect. And that's what actually opened my eyes and helped me to um, build what I currently have. Got you. Got you. What, what, were you, what were you making back then when you were just kind of out there? You, so you're over the road. You said, you're, how long How long are you out? I was out sometimes two weeks at a time. Two weeks at a time. Come home maybe three, four days. Running the tube. And, and how much are you bringing in? Each week, man, you can make, you know, anywhere from mm. five to ten grand, just depending on, you know, Basically, it all for me. It all depended on how safe I could be, obviously. But how can I say this? The most important thing for me when I was making five grand was I wasn't running all day tired. When I was making ten grand, I was doing things that legally, as a trucker, you possibly shouldn't be doing: running day and night. Right. 
And when I found myself doing that as a hustler, it's a good outlook, but as an individual, I knew that that wasn't gonna give me longevity in my life. It was too dangerous. I'm driving tired, I'm trying to make more money, but when I make the money, I gotta spend it to keep the truck moving. Right. So it was just a repetitive cycle for me that I, I just couldn't see myself continuing down that, that lane. Yeah, you hustling backwards. Hustling backwards. Got it, all right, so so you and your guy, still you and your, your man still running this, running this right? All right, but you say enough with it, so how do you dissolve that relationship and what do you uh, spin into after that? So uh, long story short, man, was probably the one of the better things that has happened to me in my life was one of my trucks, the motor went out in it. Mm. And it made me just reevaluate like, is this really what you want? Or, you know, like, what are your goals at this point? When this happens, if this happens consistently, is this something you want to face? Right. And for me, that was really a, identifying moment for me. It really identified who I am and what I'm about for myself. Because at that moment, it gave me purpose. It's like, this, I'm cut out for this. This is not something that I, I can't get accomplished. My dad worked on motors and built cars his whole life. Right. So it actually um, gave me my purpose. And that's when I knew like, I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. Mm. Cause um, that motor going out, I had to use the one truck that I had running. I had to go rent a low boy trailer. I had to put the broke truck on the low boy and I had to haul it back to Houston <laughs> with the one truck that I was running. Right. And at that point, um, that was one of the most stressful times, but it was really, it was really eye-opening for me because it showed me that I could get it done. Right. It gave me that confidence, that internal confidence that I needed. Right. And um, yeah. So if you could face this adversity and get through it, you could get through anything. Yes, sir. Okay, got you. So you said that situation got you current into the niche that you're currently in, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk about that. So how how did that help perpetuate the next niche that you go into? So <clears throat> my last load to Atlas, my truck go down. I had to leave my truck at a truck stop. I went and rented the low boy trailer. I drove back up to Arkansas, picked the truck up. On my way back, to Houston, one truck on the trailer, I'm driving, I'm all by myself. At this point, I had to make a decision because I got two truckloads to pay. I got a driver to pay, um, insurance for both trucks to pay, two tra trailer notes that I'm having to pay. So I had to make some decisions at this point, how am I gonna move forward? What am I gonna do to make this make sense? Not only those bills, if I keep running back and forth to Arkansas, I gotta pay for my diesel to get me there. I couldn't afford it, being honest. Right. Couldn't afford it. So I had to make a decision and I, that was the best decision I made. I booked the load local. My first load, I booked local. I think the load paid like 300 bucks. I'm used to making $3,500 a load, 4,000 a load. Right. I booked my first load for $300. And, and I didn't know what to take from it, but it was my first local load in Houston. And that load, I talk to that person I book that load with every day now. <laughs> <laughs> Got so, you. so long story short, man, you know, God makes no mistakes. Um, but um, that that hor horrific situation that I looked at as, you know, a casualty that could have taken me out of trucking, it led me into running local in Houston. Mm. And um, 
I haven't looked back since that day. You you take that three hundred dollar load. Why, man? Like you said, it was nothing like you would typically take. You used taking thirty five hundred dollar loads. Why'd you take that three hundred dollar load? What was it about it that was appetizing to you? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it, it wasn't very appealing at all. <laughs> but what I realized <clears throat> is that um, you got to start somewhere. Mm. You know, you got to put one boot in front of the next, and you know, see where it gets you. And that one three hundred dollar load has led me to multiple contracts at this point with $300 loads that I can push out, 12 of them, 15 of them a day. Got you, got so you. That one load, that was it. Me. Yes, sir. That was it. So what? what is this this niche that you were able to stumble upon and uh, that's, that's, that's blessed you so much to, to this day? Talk about it. <laughs> so um, I think the, 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 the load output that I get at this point is um, roughly anywhere from 10 to 15 loads a day of oil filled pipe, and I may get anywhere from about two to five different loads of rebar, depending on the weather outside. Um, with the oil filled pipe, it's something that um, we, right here in Houston, there's at least 15, maybe 20 different pipe yards within range, maybe within 50 miles of each other or less. There's at least 20 to 25 yards, and I make sure that they stay full of pipe. Okay, and you said rebar. Rebar as well. So can you explain what that is for people who may not know? So rebar, um, under con any concrete you see, rebar basically is uh, infrastructure for concrete to make sure that it's um, structured properly underneath and make sure that it can stay leveled and make sure that it's strong, has good integrity. Okay, and in order to pull that, like give me an example, like how heavy is it? How do you strap it down? Like, it sounds like some big shit. Like, what was, what was going on with the rebar? So, actually, rebar <laughs> is, um, it can come in 20-foot increments. It can come in 40-foot increments. I have a 48-foot flatbed trailer, and we typically pick up 40-foot rebar. So, um, it'll take up roughly um, 80 to 85% of the trailer. And um, you, you, you'll use roughly 8 to 10 straps to strap it down. And um, it's not very difficult to take off or to put on. Takes about a, two forklifts. They'll sit it on your trailer. May take anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. The the most difficult thing with rebar, honestly, is just making sure it don't uh, tear your trailer up. Mm. It's a very heavy commodity, and the forklift can sit it on your trailer in a particular way that it could damage the trailer. But other than damaging the trailer, I don't think it's anything difficult to haul. And I don't think it's difficult to load and unload it either. Got it. How heavy is it? Um, it can range anywhere from thirty to forty thousand pounds. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So you're just running that locally every day. Every day. All right. Got you. Now, how and and why was it that that one load was able to turn into a everyday type of contract? Because that doesn't happen for everybody. And that load was out there on the load board, correct? Yes, sir. That so why 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 they why they happen to start working with you or choose you to start being a consistent, you know, carrier for that particular load? Sometimes in life, man, it's not what you know, but who you know. And um I think, you know, relationships take you throughout the course of your life if you use those relationships the, the right way. And um slowly but surely I just built a rapport with not only the broker, but the company that I was delivering to, the company that I was picking it up from. You know, I was consistent on touching bases, make sure, you know, once a week I had to reach out and communicate with them. Um, one morning I even took the shipping manager breakfast. So it's all about just establishing a firm relationship 
good foundation and let them know that you're about business. Yeah. How long did that take? Because I know it didn't happen overnight, right? Yeah. It started with one load and then like the next week they gave you another one. And like how did how the progression of it work to they said, you know what, you on this, your company, you got it. So um, I did the first load one week and maybe that, that first week I maybe did one more load for them. And um, that's where I seemed like, oh, you guys may need me, you know, after the second <laughs> load, you guys may need me, you know? So yeah. maybe a couple of weeks later, um, I, I ended up just reaching out to them, not for a load, but just, hey, like, you know, you mind if we sit down and have a honest conversation? And um, I put everything on the table and let them know, you know, what I'm bringing to the table as far as my, from my owner's point of view. I got drivers that are gonna be on time. They're gonna be uh, men of integrity and um, they're gonna be, uh, you know, someone that you can count on to get the load delivered. And, you know, I just let them know, you know, exactly what I was working with. And um, long story short, I would say after about 15 deliveries, after I showed them some consistency, yeah, and they, they saw the type of person I was, they were able to give me uh, more and more loads. Got it. What, what do the, the typical loads pay? Like give us a range. And how, how does it work? Like, are you running multiple loads a day? And how many loads do you typically run a day? Give us a little idea of how your operation kind of works. Got you. So typical, a typical day for Tonka Truck and Enterprise, uh, for me, I wake up every morning roughly about 5.30. I'm going to get to the truck roughly about 6, 6.15, warm my truck up. As I'm heading to the truck, I'm reaching out to my dispatch, the, the people that let me know what loads are going to be available first thing in the morning. So um, by the time I get to my truck and have it warmed up roughly around 6.45, 7, I already have 15 to 20 loads that's going to be possibly coming off that day. So at that point, I just have to set up my structure on how I want to get it accomplished. And um, one thing that I know is, you know, certain companies go to lunch at a certain time. Certain, certain companies load faster in the morning. Certain companies load slower in the morning because they wake up and they're not people persons. So you develop different relationships over time and you understand different companies operate different ways. And um, when I get my loads every morning, I just dispatch them out to my guys, my drivers. And at this point I have three trucks moving. I dispatch all three trucks by 7 a.m. All three trucks are heading out. By lunchtime, I count on each truck delivering at least two loads. Okay. And uh, my goal for my drivers is two deliveries and a pickup per day. Six days a week, that's all I ask of them. Now, each day, you know, they're able to do way more than that. But that's what I ask of them, you know, to give them a good work and home balance. What are they picking up? Um, so they're picking up either oil field pipe or they're picking a rebar. And it's consistent. Okay. It's depending on, you know, you know, what the weather's like, time of the day, different locations, load, you know, at different speeds. So I'm over where they're going with each load. But every morning I already have all the loads on my computer to where I can issue them out to my drivers. Is it time sensitive freight? No, sir. So um, typically, you know, if they give me a delivery that morning, they just expect for it to be delivered within 24 to 48 hours because it's local freight. Okay. Um, so if, if, if I have 20 loads, three trucks moving, three loads a day, that's about roughly nine loads a day. So if I get 15 loads within 48 hours, I should have all 15 of those delivered. When I dwindle down to the last couple loads, I'll let my dispatch know and they'll give me another 10 to 15 loads. Mm. And I just keep them rolling. What can go wrong? Honestly, man, um, 
for the drivers, you know, there's numerous of things that could go wrong. But the biggest thing that we battle is just patience. You know, being local, you know, you you either you either have to be patient because it's a wait time, or you have to be patient um, to get unloaded or to get reloaded. But either way it go, if you're running local in Houston, you're gonna have to be patient. <laughs> Traffic, yeah, load times, it's just, you know, that's just the name of the game. But if you can be patient, you can make just as much money and be home every day as the drivers that make that's running across the country. Are you paid detention time for that for that wait? Yeah, so um, for, for my drivers, after two hours of sitting, I pay them 10 to $15 an hour for detention. Is that something that's the customer's passing that to you or you, you're doing that as a business owner? So at first, um, as a business owner, I did it you know, for my drivers. But after so long of having these contracts, I went back to the drawing board and I asked them, could we implement that in the contracts? Mm. And at this moment, it's implemented in the contracts. But when I first started off, I had to pay my drivers out of my pocket to make sure they were happy, you know, for each and every hour that they put in. Got you, got you. So you said typically a driver <clears throat> is delivering two, two. you said your expectation is two loads a day? Yes, sir. And then two pickups a day? Two, <clears throat> two deliveries a day and a preload. And a, and a preload. Yes, sir. Which is setting up for the next day? Yes, sir. Okay, got it. So at the end of the week, what? how many loads are you guys running? So with the load outage that I have, we have seven day access to pick up and deliver. Um, I ask my drivers to complete 12 to 15 loads a week. That's on average three loads a day, Monday through Friday, off on the weekends. So we use Saturday as a cleanup day. So if you were only able to get 10 loads that week, let's get two on Saturday and then take it in. Mm. So my goal for my drivers, for me to pay my bills and take care of everything for Tonka Truck and Enterprise, and for me to make sure that the drivers are happy, the trucks are taken care of properly, I ask the drivers to Deliver two and preload a load five to six days a week. Got you. How many different places are you delivering to? We have over <clears throat> 20 different delivery facilities. Okay. And it's all over Houston. Nothing is outside of Houston. Everything is in Houston. So it's within like a 100-mile radius? Within a 50-mile radius. 50-mile radius, yes, really? Yes, sir. Okay. So that's that's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. Do you ever worry about having all your eggs in one basket? <clears throat> Honestly, um, I think about it from time to time. But um, I look at the longevity that, that what I'm doing, the truckers that I know that do what I do, they've been doing it for 15, 20 years. A lot of these guys have made it through recessions and made it through corona and all types of different aspects that could be thrown your way. They've made it through for 15 or 20 years. Yeah. So um, I'm not saying that it's going to go the same for the next 15 or 20. <laughs> but for now, you know, I'm comfortable and, you know, I know that God is in control. For sure. Do you have a slow season? Yes, of course. Um, during the holidays, November, December, um, first week of January, pretty slow. Okay. So things get to picking back up second week of January and throughout the rest of the year. Because ultimately, what what's dictating uh, like volume for you guys? Like what what what's going on in the world that's making you guys busy? So first and foremost, for rebar. Something that dictates whether we're loading or unloading or even hauling rebar is the weather. Um, we have to take the weather into consideration. Obviously, if it's raining and it's you know a nasty day out, more than likely they're not laying any concrete and they're not putting any rebar down. Um, and with a steel pipe that I haul, the only thing that can slow us down with the steel pipe is just the economy. You know, if um, if the ports slow down, if they're having different problems within shipping and receiving. 
um, throughout the country that could potentially cause us issues. But from what I see, man, it's, it's going to be hard to slow us down. Mm. The ball moving, the ball rolling, and we're trying to stay one boot in front of the other. Got it. So for the most part, since you've been doing this, you've been doing this for what, almost two years now? Yes, sir. It hasn't really slowed down. You've been kind of continuous been, and steady. Been pretty consistent. I mean, obviously, I know um, in between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's that things are not going to be perfect. But um, honestly, I can say that things have been consistent. Yeah. I hadn't had really much of a fall off, um, you know, with Christmas and New Year's being on a weekend. It was probably one of the better years, honestly. Got it. Do you work with multiple brokers or is it like one customer or how does that kind of work? So um, I have relationships with multiple customers, multiple brokers. Um, just I have relationships all across Houston, but um, I don't work with a lot of them. But when they need me, I'm always available if they need me. But I don't reach out to them much at all. Um, I try to pretty much stay with my two consistent um, load advisors that I have and let them advise me on what's the best for my trucks to keep us moving. Mm, got you. When you're pricing um, these moves, is is there a price that they're dictating to you or do you like bid or how, do, how does that work? So for me, honestly, um, it's more of a bid. Um, with me being able to come in with three trucks and offer them a fleet, a small fleet, I'm able to um, control pricing a lot more. And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm also able to um, offer them more loads being delivered at one time. Most owner operators are only able to do one load at a time. I can come in at one time and get three loads picked up and delivered in one window. And I'm looking to grow my, my fleet soon. And um, hopefully I can build more relationships as well. So most of the people that are in your niche that are also doing this work is usually like one truck, one trailer. Yes, sir. Got you. So you having three trucks is like, that's big to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it says yeah. three trucks, but I mean, which is great, three trucks. But I'm just saying like for them in, in this particular niche, they look at that as like you said, a fleet. You got a fleet. Yes, sir. Right. So you're able to have some kind of leverage there. Yes, sir. So the one consistent answer that I get from a lot of owner operators, the reason they don't grow their company is it's hard to manage drivers. Um, my whole life, God kind of blessed me with an ability to be a leader, and it comes natural. Um, I was the captain of my football team. Each team I played for, I was the captain on that football team. Um, and I, I try to let God help me help other people. And I, I'm a firm believer in God makes no mistakes. So um, when I saw the opportunity of consistent loads, consistent volume with the loads that they had, I saw it as an opportunity to scale, grow, build something that's special to allow my guys to be home and see their family, see their kids every day. And um, that's what's my motivation every day. I want to build it up and build it up and create something that's completely different than what guys expect when they go into trucking. Got it. If I'm in, let's say, New Jersey or Philadelphia or somewhere else across the country, how would I find uh, this type of freight and to be able to do what Tonka Trucking Enterprises does? How would you find it? So to be completely honest, um, Houston is the biggest city. Texas is the biggest state. The ports that we have here in Houston is the biggest port in the country. <laughs> That's right. So, I think you're second, actually. Second? To LA. I, I know it's very close yeah, you're to close. being yeah, one of the I, biggest. I, I think y'all are two. So, to answer your question, truthfully, I think it will be hard to do what I'm doing in a different state. Mm. And, and I think that's what makes it so special. 
you know, um, I'm, I'm at home being able to live out my childhood dream at home <laughs> in my backyard. Yeah. And um, that's what makes it the most special commodity to me. Got it. Uh, and why do you think that there aren't more people in this niche? Honestly, man, um, it's more about who you know. And it's not about, you know, necessarily what you know. It's not necessarily about um, having all the money or um, any of those outside characteristics that typically help you. None of that matters in this, in this niche. This niche is all about who you know and um, being in the right place, right time, and um, being able to get access to what we have consistently is very hard. Got it. How do you, how do you pay your guys? Um, so I, I have a tiered pay scale. Um, so for the first 30 days, I pay all my drivers um, $85 a load. After the first 30 days, after they've consistently showed me that, you know, they're going to be on time, this is something that they enjoy doing, this is something that they want to do for a duration of time, I bump their pay scale up to $100 a load, and um, that's just for the base loads. Those are loads that go anywhere from two miles to 12 miles, no more than 15 miles. Right. And, um, you know, after we get over 50 miles, I have different loads that my guys can make anywhere from $100 to $200 on. None of my loads go over roughly 55 miles. Mm. So um, I got a range anywhere from one mile to, to let's just say 30 miles is one pay rate. 30 miles to 55 miles is another pay rate scale. Got and it. my guys are on a tiered pay scale, so the first three loads is at a set rate. But if they deliver a fourth load, no matter how close it is, how quick it is, if they deliver four loads, I pay them 150 for that fourth load. Okay. How's your driver retention? At this point, um, honestly, man, it's been hard to keep multiple guys patient to keep them patiently well to keep them happy due to patience right they don't like waiting you know so at at this moment i've hired um some older guys that are more patient and i'm starting to realize that you know younger guys they kind of want to be a little more fast paced they kind of want to run and gun a little bit with older guys that have been in trucking the world 10 15 years they have a little bit more patience they want to be at home every day. They got families that they want to go home to. They have wives that they want to be home with. Right. So I think, um, you know, moving forward, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring those character guys in, good character guys that want to be at home with their wives every night, that want to be at home with their kids every night, but that don't mind working 10 to 12 hours a day. Got you. So <clears throat> with, with such uh, short hauls, right, obviously you don't probably spend a lot in fuel or as much as everybody else would in fuel, but you do have other costs like insurance and stuff like that. Um, that's going to go across the board in any trucking company. So it seems like because it's local, you may have a little bit lower rates, right? That you're getting paid for each move, but you still have some of these high costs. So where are the other places that you're saving in order to make margins and keep the lights on and keep going? Yes, sir. Great, great question. The first place that I'm saving, the biggest place that I'm saving is with fuel. Um, my fuel bill is half of what it used to be, weekly. And I'm, I can make, if not the same, more, almost double sometimes. So um, the biggest thing we're running local, man, is just being consistent. You know, when you go run across the country, you can run one load and take off a couple of days, maybe a week or two, whatever. But when you run local, man, you have to have a game plan and you got to be consistent. 
So like I said earlier, two loads and a preload, that's the bare minimum that I ask. That's a pretty simple day. But you got to be able to do that consistently to keep the, the lights on, yeah. keep the trucks moving. And um, consistency, man, consistency, consistency, consistency. I can't preach it enough. That's <laughs> that's really what keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest uh, uh, like scare that you've had since you've been in business? The biggest scare I would have to say is I had to replace a motor. That first truck that, that went down. That first truck that we yeah. talked about earlier. Yes, sir. After that, everything's been kind of smooth sailing. So uh, the biggest thing that I've invested in is having a mechanic that's consistently checking my trucks out. And, um, you know, you got to build those relationships. That was one of the relationships that I built. I have Caterpillar engines in all my trucks. Um, same engine, same transmission in all my trucks. Mm. So um, that was really major for me. All my trucks are pre-emissions trucks. So I'm a mechanical guy, so I can get under the hood and I can work on it myself. I don't need a computer. <laughs> so, um, you know, things like that, you figure out the longer you truck. Yeah. What type of trucks work for your niche? What type of trucks won't work? You know, and um, at this point, man, I, I think I've found a pretty good mixture of truck, trailer, drivers, pretty good flow of things. Got it. As you started to scale from one to two to three, how, did you purchase your other trucks? Like, did you, like, how was your financing? Like, what'd you do? I financed each truck. Um, obviously, growing up, I didn't have a real big understanding of credit. Needless to say, I didn't understand business credit. <laughs> so at this point, you know, I want to um, obviously affect my business credit as positively positively as I can. So that's why I chose the route of financing my trucks. I paid cash for my trailers. Um, so I own my trailer straight out. My um, my trailer, my trucks, I own both of them in roughly about six to eight months. Okay. Yeah, so um, what I did was I actually, whatever the note was, I paid one and a half times every month. Right. From the first month to the last, I paid one and a half. Pay down the principal. Yes, sir. Got you. How, how quick, how much did that speed up the time that you were going to pay it off in? I paid it off for roughly about eight or nine months okay. faster. Yeah. So at any time I would have a good week, I might send 100, 200. Right. But I was really disciplined with that because I know once I own a truck, I oh, can yeah. really see my money. <laughs> <laughs> right now it's really time to eat, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. So um, like you said, in, in what you're doing right now, three trucks is a lot. So how much can you grow this? Like, is, is, there, is there such thing as having too much trucks on a location where you're like, hey, you know, that's enough. Like, <laughs> how, how does that look for you? So um, after having a good conversation with my fiance about a week ago, the best answer to that question is I'm gonna allow God to control my fate. My goal was to get three trucks. I'm 30 years old, birthday coming up soon, I'll be 31 and I have three trucks. And um, it's hard for me to say that I'm gonna stop here. What I will say is that I'm gonna find a way to become better with three before I get my fourth. Mm, got it. Can you talk about what your company did in revenue last year? Um, honestly speaking, around, um, I would say, uh, over a hundred grand for sure. Okay. Lower than, lower than 250, more than a hundred. Okay. Okay. Yes. Lower than 250, more than a hundred. So like about 200 and change. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Cool. You're comfortable. Yes, You're comfortable. Sir. Trying to be. Solid. Solid. Sorry. All right. So like you said, you're going to get let God make the decision in terms of how much you want to scale and grow. And you see yourself continuing to do this niche. Yes, sir. I see myself um, staying in this niche as long as possible. Um, I see myself in the trucking industry for the rest of my life. Mm. And um, my goal is to 
my number one goal is to create a at-home experience for drivers to where they can make however much money they're willing to work for, not put a cap on it. Mm, that's what at I'm, home experience. What, at home what does experience. that mean? I never heard that that term before. So when I say the at home experience, any truck driver that's on the road and they go into that truck stop restroom and they look at themselves in the mirror, they beard crazy and they face all messed up, dirty clothes. That that's the road experience. The at home experience is when you get home, you can put your feet up, put your robe on, take your <laughs> hot shower and relax your mind and right. prepare yourself for your next work day. I like that. That's the at-home experience for me. You're going to have truck drivers getting manicures and pedicures <laughs> and facials and all that. Man. <laughs> hey, you know what they say, man? You look good, you feel good. That's that's a big fact. That's <laughs> yes, a sir. big fact. Yes, sir. I love that. And that's, that's a great goal, man. And I think a lot of if a lot of companies thought that way, you know, they may be able to retain their drivers more and, you know, give their drivers just a better overall lifestyle. I think that's what drivers are looking for. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Like, because that's the toughest thing about this job is just the lifestyle. Yes, right? sir. So that's dope. That's dope. All right, man. Well, um, amazing, amazing story. I love how you built the company. I, I definitely see you going big places. Is there anything I didn't touch? What, what else? What else are you into besides trucking, man? You got any other business that you get into? Uh, you seem like a kind of you, you're a hustler. So, yeah, hustler. what are you, what's some of your other interests? Um, so obviously at this moment, I'm actually not diving into any other business ventures because I'm so prematurely trying to build something special with my business. I like that. But in the future, um. I'm looking to do a couple of different things. Growing up, I, I raced motocross, okay. dirt bikes. I want to, at some point, I want to build me a racing team. I would love to, um, you know, put together a race team, have me a race trailer, maybe sponsor a guy or two. Yeah. Um, and I just want to be able to give back and um, be able to affect the next young man that has a similar dream that I had. Mm, and mm. Um, right now, man, I'm, I'm locked in building my dream and it's hard for me to venture into other business ventures at the moment but um i wouldn't say that that's off the table gotcha you you definitely locked in man you even got the visibility vest on right here <laughs> during the interview man yes, this man is so, dialed hey, in for let sure my guys know <laughs> let my guys know that gotta have that ppe <laughs> my man is dialed in for sure man got the best he can go out and work right now i'm ready it, right now if need be if need be <laughs> yes now nah, that's that's dope bro talking about drivers that at-home experience that you that you're looking for what type of drop that you're trying to give to your drivers what type of drivers are you looking for i'm looking for first and foremost man i'm looking for some stand-up men men of integrity um I want, I want some good men or women around me that got a class A CDL, responsible. And um, the biggest thing in my niche, man, is just patience. Like I say, we're not running across the road going thousands of miles. We're running shorter distances. So sometimes the wait times may be a little bit longer than other. But uh, more than anything, I just want good men of integrity, women of integrity, and people with patience. Got it. Are you currently hiring? Currently hiring. How many I'm positions hiring. you have to fill right now? Right now, I'm actually looking to fill one position right now, but uh, soon I'm going to be purchasing my next truck. Okay. And um, I'm I'm always looking to hire. Okay. And, you know, it's always a competition, and I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking to have the best guy in the seat. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, man. Well, listen, man. It's been dope uh, connecting with you and learning about the business. 
Um, customarily on this show, we always have a final thought, but you've been dropping jewels all show, also, so I'm sure you're going to have something really motivational to say to the people, but uh, we got to do that, and we got to let everybody know where they can connect with you, learn more about Tonka Trucking Enterprises, LLC. Yes, sir. It's a long-ass name, man. It's just too much <laughs> damn letters. All right, too much words. But, uh, but yeah, where they can learn more about the, the company and where they can learn to, to apply for a job, right? So give that information out there. And then um, let's finish with that final. And where they connect with you personally, too, because I know you got your own social yes, media and all that. Yes, um, so, yeah, let, let them know that first. So my social media on Instagram, um, my Instagram name is Junior, H-U-R-D-J-U-N-I-O-R. Um, and my email address is Tony, T-O-N-E-Y, Herd, H-U-R-D, the number four, at me.com. You can send me an email with your resume. Um, if you send your resume, please send me a copy of your CDL Class A as well, just so I know that you're prepared and ready to go. And the most important piece to my puzzle is you need your TWIC card as well. TWIC card, we didn't talk about the fact that you need your TWIC also. Yes, All right, so you gotta have that TWIC card, man. Um, I think everybody's got their Twit card, man. It opens up a whole lot of opportunity for you when you got that Twit card. Yes, sir. All right, cool. Um, all right, and then final thought, man. Final thought. What is it going to be? I would say um, mm. I put in a lot life. Of, I put a lot of pressure on you. The pressure. <laughs> <laughs> in life, the most important thing for me right now is just honoring God and allowing him to direct your path, direct your journey. Um, sometimes we think we're in so much control and sometimes when we uh, take a step back and allow him to be in control, he'll put us in situations that's better than we could have ever dreamed of. Mm. And I think that's, for me, that was the biggest thing is taking that step back and not trying to be in so much control. Being an alpha male, you want to be in full control. But sometimes you got to let God just guide you. That's right. You got to be a student. Use that word, alpha male. I've been hearing that a lot lately. Alpha male. All right, man. Listen, if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack, hustle fam. You know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. This has been another amazing episode. What you laughing at, Quake? What's so funny? Oh, okay. You sniffing up that good air? Okay, okay, okay. Listen, you smell that desire. Hustle fam, myself, Tonka Trucking Enterprises LLC, Tony Hurd Jr. We are out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go. <laughs>